Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Food insecurity is a chronic issue here in Savannah. One made more so first by the COVID-19 pandemic and more recently by inflation that has pushed the cost of a carton of eggs above $5. Savannah Morning News journalist Laura Nwogu recently explored the challenges low-income Savannians face in terms of access to healthy foods. She joins today's commute to share what she found. Good day, Savannah, from all of us here at savannahnow.com. This is the Commute Podcast presented by National Office Systems. I am your host, Adam Van Bremer, opinion columnist and a deputy editor at the Savannah Morning News. I'll just be doing this intro today, as well as the ad reads and the close, before I turn over the hosting duties to my colleague, editor Amy Condon. She and reporter Laura Nwogu unpack Savannah's food deserts in this episode, a topic that Laura wrote about recently in the Savannah Morning News. You can find her stories about food insecurity and food deserts at savannahnow.com. But before we get to that interview, let's do the National Office Systems read. When it comes to office design and outfitting, National Office Systems has been Savannah's trusted source since the 1980s. They offer more than 200 product lines, including a new collaboration from two of the office furniture industry's leaders, Herman Miller and Knoll, also known as Miller Knoll. If your office space needs a refresh, National Office Systems can help. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's natoffsys.com. Now, here's Amy Condon and Laura Nwogu. Welcome to the Thursday Commute. Joining us today is Quality of Life reporter Laura Nwogu, who led a really wonderful series of articles earlier in August around food insecurity. Laura, can you paint us a picture of what food insecurity looks like in Savannah and Chatham County? Oftentimes we'll call that hunger or childhood hunger or what have you, but it really is about not knowing where your next meal comes from. What does that look like here? Yeah. So um, in Savannah, Chatham County, food insecurity looks like we have certain areas in Savannah where people struggle to do a daily tax that most of us do easily. So they struggle to go to a grocery store because there is no grocery store that's close to them. They struggle to get healthy, affordable food because there's no easy access to those food items. So food insecurity looks like certain areas where all of these problems are kind of concentrated and you have this building problem where kids, families, adults, like they're having to go out of their way to get something that should be easy. They're having to sacrifice different things and um, to get these grocery items. And especially um, in the state of things today with inflation and, you know, the pandemic, it's become even harder for people to get access to this, um, to these um, food items, especially with like, if you look at SNAP and EBT benefits during the pandemic, those increased, they kind of, they decreased um, 
now that things have kind of slowed down but um yeah you have these you have this accumulation of all these issues that are sort of a perfect storm a perfect storm that has um that has worsened the issue of food insecurity in savannah um, you talk about different parts of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, what parts of our community are hardest hit? Because I live on the east side of Savannah, but there's this one area I can go to where there's a Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. There is a Kroger. There are a, a Target. Um, and just across the bridge or just down Abercorn, there's a Publix. And there's a rumor that on President there may come a Trader Joe's. Of course, that's a rumor. You love that, that is, rumor. Yeah. I, I think it's just become urban legend now. But <laughs> I think there's certain parts of our community that just sort of take for granted mm-hmm. that isn't this accessible to everyone. Yeah. And it's not because a lot of people rely on public transportation. Mm-hmm. So what parts of our community are the hardest hit by food insecurity? Yeah. So when you... um focus the issue it's i don't want to say predominantly west savannah because there are areas in east savannah and the southern Mm -hmm. part of savannah that um struggle with food insecurity but i know for my series specifically a lot of the people i did talk to were in west savannah communities were in fellwood which is um a a retirement low-income community made up of predominantly um black residents so it is those areas where you have low-income um families um people of color black families black and brown families um where they experience food insecurity the most and i feel like for a lot of the issues in savannah it is those areas it is those low-income areas it is those working class areas um that experience most of the issues that we see in savannah that need you know working on and a lot of times we think of it just as children Mm -hmm. and they're like okay that's why we have to do things in schools that's why we need to have lunch programs. That's why we have mm-hmm. other types of things. But really, seniors can be very hard hit by this and um, and working families. Yeah. That it's not, it's not people not trying. Mm-hmm. It's it's just that they're, it's hard to get to and it's hard to afford. Yeah, I feel like with seniors, obviously we talk about kids, but kids are a big focus of this, but they especially during the summer, but they go to school. They have this kind of like secondary um, source of where they can get food daily. But um, when you look at seniors, especially retired people, they're in these communities and they still have to go out and get these grocery stores. But then you have that um, other factor where a lot of them are, you know, they have maybe an illness or a disability and they're having to walk with a cane, but, and then it becomes, they don't have transportation. They're not driving anymore. They have to depend on all these other people to get them these um, items. And then you kind of, when you add the fact that um, for Fellwood specifically, they live in this community where they have to drive or they have to get on a bus to go to a grocery store that has all the stuff that they need. It becomes like a difficult thing for them because the, the cost and all of that is not worth the trip. So when yeah. you can only carry so much mm-hmm. on a bus. Yeah. Too. So, and especially if it's just you Yeah. and you're trying to buy for a family or you're yeah. buying for more than one person, you can only get a small mm-hmm. amount. And there's also the stigma of, you know, riding a bus to go to the grocery store as well. That is kind of plays into it. 
And that can take hours. Yeah. We're not talking about you just hop on. It can take hours from having to stand there at the stop, waiting for the bus to come, waiting for it to go to the other stops to get to your stop. It's the whole thing. And then all the way back. Yeah. All the way back. So you can waste half a day Mm -hmm. on just trying to buy groceries. Yeah. Um, One of the figures you had in your articles was that 14% of Chatham County residents Mm -hmm. need food assistance. Yeah. Where do they go? for food assistance or how do they get food assistance yeah in the community? so we have a lot of really cool and awesome local organizations that have been that are in these communities you know listening to their needs figuring out what they need um so once that i mentioned there are a bunch that i didn't mention but we have food truck 912 which is the mobile food truck associated with forsyth um farmers market and their thing is they go to where the where the people are at you know they go um they have this truck they go there they every day they have a different neighborhood they go to where they provide fresh produce um you have ymcf coastal georgia connected to healthy savannah and then you have america's second harvest um and all of them are doing these great things like kids cafes and um you have the fresh express where they'll um, post up on a in a neighborhood and give out fresh produce. So you have all these local community organizations that are providing these um, this that are bridging the gap. And while they can't reach everywhere because, you know, you can't do everything, they are providing for those communities. They have built those relationships and they are making sure that they can do what they can in the capacity that they have. Some things. How is how do food deserts mm-hmm. factor into food insecurity? Yeah. We hear this phrase food deserts is even part of our comprehensive mm-hmm. plan now that the Metropolitan Planning Commission does. They've mapped out quote unquote food deserts. Yeah. What is a food desert and how does that factor into food insecurity? Yeah. So food deserts are um urban urban areas where um, you know, there's limited um, access to healthy and affordable food. And when you look at food deserts, there also comes into play different terms. There comes into play um, food swamps, which is the opposite, which is an overabundance of um, unhealthy food. So maybe you'll see like a McDonald's and a Wendy's and, you know, it's just all concentrated in this one area, fast food, but no all. grocery store. Yeah. And then you also have a relatively new term food apartheid, which um, organizations like Farm Truck 912 and um, Reach, which is the um, grant with Healthy Savannah, I believe it's Healthy Savannah. Mm-hmm. Um, started, it's the Y and the, Healthy Savannah. Yeah, YMCA, Healthy Savannah, all of them reach yeah. are um, connected. Um, they've started using the um, term food apartheid, which kind of looks at the um, ra- racist policies, kind of the systemic um, things that go into why some of these areas don't have access to these foods and kind of um, trying to figure out solutions to break down these um, systemic injustices. But um, yeah, so... All of that plays into food insecurity to say that, you know, you have these terms that kind of and I I do want to say also with food deserts, the reasons why they started using the term food apartheid is because of the um, connotation associated with the word desert saying it's like naturally occurring. Um, I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. So it's trying to say it's, you know, a food desert isn't necessarily naturally. Yeah. It's an intentional, whether it's by companies. Mm -hmm. Like, say, um, a grocery store chain not finding the economic reason yeah. to be in some place mm-hmm. or opening and closing. Yeah. Like, there was a food line on MLK that mm-hmm. closed. Yeah. Um, and so 
it's looking at when we're talking about food apartheid, it's more specific to the systems that prevent healthy food and and the location of businesses. Um, One of the things um, that we noticed too is in areas that are lacking grocery stores, there often is an abundance of convenience stores. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, some have made an effort to start having fresher food within them, but by and large, convenience stores tend to have more expensive goods and less healthy goods, all prepackaged and and tends to be on the high sugary side and things like that, which the cascading effect then becomes high childhood obesity, high rates of um, inflammatory associated diseases like Mm -hmm. diabetes. Pardon the interruption, Adam here again. Time for another read, this time to encourage you to sign up for Savannah Now's Prep Central newsletter. We are two weeks into high school football season, and to keep up with the latest news and notes, you need to be on the email list for sports writer Dennis Knight's weekly high school sports newsletter. He covers more than football in this newsletter. He hits volleyball, softball, cross country, all the prep sports. To get your fix, go to savannahnow.com slash newsletters and sign up. The newsletter will go straight to your email inbox every week. And you don't have to subscribe to the Savannah Morning News or savannahnow.com to get the newsletter. So no excuses. Now back to the food insecurity discussion between Amy Condon and Laura Nwogu. Did you find any correlation, and you may not have looked at this, I can't remember, but did you find any correlation where there are these um, sort of lack of food resources, also lack of parks, lack of sidewalks, lack of that it's sort of a, a larger picture? Yeah, we didn't look at it specifically in this series, but I know those are definitely connected. Um this just came to my mind now because when I did the story on, I did a previous story on, you know, the bike lanes and sidewalks and stuff um, that kind of coincided with the location of some of the corner stores where there weren't, I forgot which exact corner store it was, but I know we were talking, I was talking to um, one of my sources and they were saying, you know, this corner store didn't have any sidewalks. People go to it a lot of the times. And so I, um, So that kind of gets to where you're going, kind of connects it where you have these um, areas where there aren't sidewalks, there aren't um, this and that, but then you have these corner stores and all of that is connected to, you know, health um, rates and indications. So um, kind of that just came to my mind right now. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've been having a conversation with a a chef out of Atlanta and we were talking about, um, Sir, he grew up on the south side of Chicago, mm-hmm. and um, one of the things we we went back there a little over a year ago, and as we were driving around, he goes, "Oh, that's where." And we started just sort of listing all these great mom and pop mm-hmm. restaurants that had been in all of these places in these corner grocery yeah. stores and the places he could walk to, and where they had and they all and all their homes had little gardens behind mm-hmm. them and stuff like that and he's like that's all gone now and it's all fast food uh convenience stores and he said that he just thinks spiritually when he looks around he goes he goes but look he goes there's not a dearth of 
liquor stores. Mm-hmm. He goes, in fact, there's more of those. He goes, I think when we lost our food, we lost our soul. Mm. And so I wonder too, if there, you know, as, as a community and as a newspaper, we're focused on not just reporting, but also are there solutions? Yeah. And could some of the solutions to um, hunger and the resulting things of hunger, which is poverty and crime and, um, you know, uh, loss of community, if bringing in healthy foods, bringing in that type of infrastructure, sidewalks, parks, gardens, things like that, if those are things that can help mitigate these other things that we think can only be solved through law enforcement, can only be solved through other means. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, I feel like everything comes down to this. It's money. Like, um, so um, I going back to the thing you said about the liquor stores, and while I was doing this research, there was a quote I read in um, a re- former reporting. Um, somebody said, um, I can't easily get groceries, but I sure can buy a bottle of liquor. Um, and so with these, I want to say with like corner stores and stuff, that has like you mentioned like you know there are places where they are adding you know healthy things and i think that solution came down to the fact that we these areas want these grocery stores but it takes a company not caring about their profit margin or not caring caring that this place is a low density place because if you have a low density place um you won't likely be able to reach your profit margin because um there aren't enough people to kind of supply or you know frequent the grocery stores so it became this thing where it's like why are we waiting for these grocery stores to locate here because with the way it's kind of structured they would have it would be them taking a big risk so they looked at corner stores as a solution but as you said you know they have these corner stores and they're adding these grocery stores to it but it comes down to the fact that these convenience stores that isn't what they're there for so they're adding these healthy items but they're racking up the you know the price on them because they need to make a profit off of it so and they still make their highest profit yeah literally so i don't know what the question was but (laughs) i just yeah i just that came to my mind and i just wanted to express that that sure you know it's a lot to it yeah um what do you think the next steps Mm -hmm. in reporting this are So I know that the city specifically is working on some zoning things Mm -hmm. that would hopefully open the door for um, better access to healthy foods for these communities. So that would mean, you know, grocery stores and stuff, because um, I reported that a lot of these um, areas are single resident. I forgot exactly what the word was. Resident, single, single family, yes, yeah, single family residencies, mm-hmm. meaning that you know grocery stores and stuff like that can't be located in, in those mm-hmm. areas. So I would say, um, I know the city of Savannah is doing some stuff with zoning that's in the works. Um, and then there's a food policy council that Healthy Savannah, I believe it was Healthy mm-hmm. Savannah, um, has started to kind of talk to the community and see what you know they know what they need, kind of hearing their voices, making sure they're um um they're in the conversation because i remember 
um, I was talking to one of the um, city planners and she was saying they did something like that beforehand. And some of the residents were saying, you know, it's not just grocery stores, maybe vending machines with healthy foods and stuff. So figuring out alternate solutions um, to this food insecurity problem that they have. So I feel like everybody's working on different things, but at the end of the day, they're all working together towards this one solution, which is um, making sure that these areas have better access to these healthy foods. So a lot of things are in the works. And there does seem to be some attention being paid to West Savannah now mm-hmm. because of the arena. Yeah. It's the largest public, the largest large scale public investment in West Savannah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since when? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's sad that it's taking that to kind of be like, you know, we need to spruce this up, but it's always, you have to have something to galvanize people. So hopefully um, the fact that end market is located there, will we will see a change in West Savannah, hopefully. Too. And end market is one of those convenience centers mm-hmm. that's stocking healthy food. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They have a grab and go option, which um, at some, most of their convenience stores. And that was a big thing for them, you know, making sure that they had these, healthy options for people to have access to. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, Laura, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. And I'm Amy Condon, a content (laughs) coach here at Savannah Morning News, by the way. Forgot to introduce myself. but (laughs) 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 But thank you so much. And thanks for your reporting. Of course. That's all for this edition of the Commute Podcast. Thanks one last time to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. And a special thanks goes out today to producer Zach Dennis, who did the splicing and dicing on this podcast on his vacation, because yours truly, that'd be me, dropped the ball on my duties. Thank you so much, Zach. Before I sign off, remember that we publish new Commute episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Whatever your interests, you will find interviews of interest in our archives. Search the commute with that Savannah opinion on your favorite podcast app, and you'll find you'll find the link to this app. You'll find those archives. See all those interviews. Anyway, the commute returns next week after Labor Day. Happy Labor Day, everybody. We will talk to you then. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.